wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Hey, if you've got a Bible on you or someone next to you has, it'll come up on the screens as well, but why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, it's the first book of the Gospels, the story of the accounts of Jesus, Matthew 5. And, and if you're taking notes this morning, I've entitled this message, Would Somebody Turn On The Lights? Would Somebody Turn On The Lights? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, and he's speaking to his disciples, he's speaking to those who are following him, he's speaking to us today. He says this, you are the light of the world. Whoop, whoop. You're the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Let me just say that again. Jesus says to us, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Anyone, maybe when they were little, were scared of the dark? Um, anyone here this morning was a little bit scared? A couple of people were, but a lot of brave people here this morning. But, you know, my, uh, my our, our youngest son, we only have one son, so he's our only son, but our youngest, our youngest child, he's four years old, and he's a little scared of the dark. He won't go to sleep without the, having the light on. We have to have the light on. And when he, when he falls asleep, we turn, we turn the lights off. Anyone got kids, kids like this? And it's a bit of a pain. And my, my mum told me recently that, son, you used to be scared of the dark as well. And you had a little night light that you would use. And then we put it out into the, into the hallway until you could sleep, sleep in, in, in the dark. And so I guess I've somehow, I don't know, passed this on to him. But you, you know, they say that a fear of the dark, a fear of darkness is actually quite a common fear, a common, common phobia. I actually looked it up on phobias.com, not a real website. And uh, it's, it's just before a fear of, uh, of clowns. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and, but the truth is, the truth is that, that a, a, the dark can bring out worst fears in people. Darkness can bring out irrational, illogical fears. Things that happen in the... How many have been woken up in the middle of the night with this, by strange sound? We had one, we had one last, last night, all of that wind. There was a bang. And, and the thing, thing is, you're just too tired to get up and do anything about it, right? But, but your mind starts going. Your mind starts, starts going, going somewhere in places it shouldn't be. Like you're thinking in the middle of the night, you hear a loud bang, you wake up, and you go, man, it's, it's probably the neighbor's cat, or it could be a mad, deranged prison escapee climbing on my roof with a chainsaw. Like, I'm not so sure. It's probably the cat, right? But you know how that kind of happens uh, in, in the night? Uh, some, some years ago, this was before we had children, Caroline and I were fast asleep, it's probably about 1 or 2 a.m., and we are suddenly woken up by loud and aggressive male voices which seem to be coming from within our house. Like, <laughs> pretty scary, right? Like, it, it was kind of scary. And you know how adrenaline kind of kicks in? And as the man of the house, as the protector and the defender of my household, I'm like, honey, do you want to go and see what that is? Like, I'm like... I jump out of bed, 
and I grab the close, I think it was like a drumstick or something, and I, and I go down the hall, I don't know, like paradiddle, paradiddle or something to whoever was making all of this noise, and, and I, I head down the hallway to, to what appears to be the source of the noise, which seems to be coming from our, our lounge, and as I get close, it's really loud, like someone is having a yelling match in my lounge, and as I get closer to, to the room, we don't have kids at this stage, I recognize these voices as the voices of Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. What is going on? He's like, you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Like, what is going on? And, and so while Caroline is praying in the bedroom for my safety, I'm coming through the hallway into the lounge with my drumstick. I look into the lounge and there... Staring at me from the couch in the light of the television is my dog. Is my dog who, it it seems, sometime in the night, she got up from her bed on the floor and climbed onto the couch, lay on the television remote, turned it on, and then managed to sit also on the volume control, and it went right up to like maximum, like 50 and a few good men, if you've ever seen that movie, was playing on, uh, on the, the television. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness. I told her to keep it down, and I went back to bed. And so but, oh, darkness can do that. It can just scare you, right? It can, it can make you think irrational, irrational thoughts. And so, you know, my youngest kid, my youngest kids, they sleep with the whole light on because, because where there's light, fear doesn't seem to exist, Right? When the lights are turned on, you don't, you don't feel afraid. There's, there's, no, there's no fear around because no one's afraid of the light, right? That would be stupid to be scared of the light. That would be a weird phobia. That would be definitely be before the fear of clowns. But no, no, one's, no one's afraid of the light. But in the Gospel of, uh, of John, Jesus actually insinuates that, yes, there are people actually afraid of the light. In the message version of John 3, verse 19, it says this, God, light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. God, light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. If you're reading from the NIV or an actual normal translation of the Bible, it says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And if you keep reading through like the book of Acts, you read where the apostle Peter in Acts, he gives this appeal to the listeners who'd gathered to hear him. And he says, listen, you've got to get out from, from within this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. And if you were to fast forward from these scriptures to today, a few millennia, there is still a need for somebody somewhere to turn on the lights. There is still a generation that is needing to know the hope of Jesus, the light of Christ. Amen? And, and these words from Jesus that we open with in Matthew, Matthew 5, let your light shine, are as important today as they were the day that they were spoken or the day that they were written. Last time I checked, there's still precious people living in the dark and God wants to turn the light on over them and in them. On my, uh, on my t-shirt this morning is our church's mission. Let me just pull out my shirt. <laughs> look at me, look at me. 
is our church's mission statement, love strong, shine bright, and live free. That's, that's what, we, what's what we're about. We want, we want to love, love God and love one another with all of our heart, mind, and strength, right? We want to shine bright, and we want, we want people to, to, uh, to live free. And I just reckon God is calling us in this new season to be a great light to really shine bright in our city and, uh, and in our community. And so we've got this opportunity coming up. You know, we're starting to make plans to turn up the brightness, to turn up the glow, right, out of, out of Aspire Church. Anyone excited about that? And so to just really declare and make it known to our community that there is a God who is full of life, who is full of hope, who is full of love and full of light. God, he loves them. God, he wants to know them. And he wants to just pull them out of the darkness. Amen. And so, you know what? I'm just going to pray right now. Father, I thank you for those precious ones that we know we love. We pray, God, wherever they're walking in darkness, wherever there's stuff going on, wherever there's things in the heart, Lord, struggles, addictions, pain, brokenness, unforgiveness, Lord, we just declare your peace, your light to come, your joy to come, God. I pray you'd lift up families through us. We'd lift up and see strong marriages. We'd lift up kids and children and youth and young people everywhere that would come into the light of the knowledge of your goodness. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, 700 years before Jesus came, the Bible records a whole lot of prophetic words about his coming. Take this one in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Christ, and he, and he says this, God says this about him, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, they were the not, a Gentile is essentially anyone who was not Jewish, and that he will give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So God's already prepping and planning for Jesus to be this great light to come and shine. It says uh, in in, uh, John 8 verse 12, Jesus kind of confirmed that prophetic word. He goes, hey, listen, fellas, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. In John 9, 5, he says, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of it. I am the light of the world. While I'm here, I am the light of the world. And so in light of Matthew 5, which we read out, which says, you're the light of the world, let your light shine. Right? A good question to kind of ask is, well, who, who is the light here? Is it me or, or is, is it Jesus? How is it that we're the light of the world if Jesus is the one who's clearly saying that's him? Right? How does that, how does that actually work? And, and one way that I used to explain this, which I don't actually agree with anymore, it's fine, you can change your mind on some things. I used to say, listen, it's because as Christians, we reflect the light of Christ. Like we, we reflect his light, like, like the moon reflects the sun. The sun is the source, but the moon gives off nothing. It just kind of reflects, reflects the sun. And it's kind of a cool analogy. It sort of, it sort of works. You know, the moon doesn't shine, it actually just reflects. But Jesus didn't tell us to reflect his light. He tells us to shine, right? He doesn't say, come on, you need to reflect my light, like get in the right place and kind of like beam it back down over people or something. You know, he says, no, you shine, your light, you, you shine. Let your light so shine before men. How, how is that so? How do we do that? How am I a light? I'm, I'm nobody special. But the reason we can shine is because Christ is in us, right? 
He, he, he is in us. See, in the Old Testament, before the cross, before Jesus, every, everything that God did was from the outside in, right? It was from the external. God couldn't get in on the inside of anything. And so he dwelled in bricks and mortar, and he kind of moved around, and everyone had to move kind of with him, right? And keep the rules and follow everything. And if you didn't keep the rules, you got out of the light that was shining upon you. You see this all the way through the Old Testament, like some of the prayers of the psalmist. The Lord bless you and keep you. Some of you will know this. The Lord make his face shine upon you, shine on you. So the light of God in the Old Testament was always from above shining on us. And you had to keep up with wherever God was and keep up with everything that he was doing. But in the New Testament, come on, everything God does is from the inside out. And so it's not Christ on you, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's his light in us. His light is now in us. It's, it's like you swallowed a torch or something, right? With really long-lasting batteries that didn't corrode in your stomach. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everywhere you go, you get to shine and be light. And here's the thing, you can't turn it off. You can't turn off the light of Christ. You illuminate and glow him. All right, even when you're having a bad day, you're still on. All right, it's not based on your performance and how good you may be. It's all based on his performance, that he is the hope of glory in you, shining, shining his light. It's so, you know, while my son, he, he really doesn't like dark. He doesn't like the darkness, but he loves torches. He loves torches. Whenever there's a torch in the house, he's always running off with it, shining it around, around somewhere. You know what? A torch is pointless in the light, right? A torch will not work in the day when there's lots, when there's lots of light. Religion wants to keep the believer inside the walls of the church. Religion wants to keep you in, in kind of the, the space of light where it's just so great, you know? Oh, it's wonderful. He wants you, Jesus wants you to take that torch and go into dark places and shine his light. You cannot shine in lightness. You can only shine in darkness. Is that, that's kind of what I'm saying. And there's a fair bit that there's a whole bunch of people here today who are called to go into dark places and shine the light of Christ. Probably every one of us. Because that's where light works best. Light works best in dark places. That's where it's most effective. So my son, he got this torch the other day at McDonald's or something, and, and it kind of projects an image on it, from something from Star Wars or something. It's like, son, that's not going to work. You're going to have to go into a dark cupboard and turn that thing on. It's like, Cool. The only way I got him to go into dark darkness is when he's carrying a torch, right? The only way we can get effectively to go into dark places is if we're carrying a torch of the hope of Christ in us. Amen. Jesus was constantly being accused by religious leaders of hanging around dark places, right? He was accused of being a friend of sinners because he was. <laughs> he was accused of being a drunkard. He wasn't, Right? But he was hanging around with a whole lot of dark, dodgy people. Why? Because his whole mandate was to get the light of himself into dark places. John 12, 46 speaks of the mandate of Jesus. He says, listen, I've come into the world as a light so that, so that no one who believes in me shall remain in darkness. 
This gathering is awesome. It's great. And we're doing things to just attract more people in some ways. This is a, is a light, a beacon, a hope in itself, this gathering place. And it's necessary. It's really important. I pray that you won't neglect it. I pray you'll bring your friends and family members to it. But real shining happens outside these walls, okay? Real torch actually happens outside of this place. This, this is an end in itself in that it is worship unto God, our highest golden aim. But the, this is a means to an end, and this time, this place, is where we get, get our torches charged up, if that, if that makes any sense. It, this is, this is, we, we want this to be the best time here so that you can get as much of his light in you so that you can shine in dark places when you head out of this place in just a few minutes. Let me give you three things this morning, just quickly, three things to take away about being an effective light in the darkness. Very simple, very quick. Number one, you got to make sure you are visible. Be visible. Uh, Luke 8, 16, a different account of the same verse, Matthew 5. It says this, no one when he has lit a lamp covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand so that those who may enter may see the light. If we want to shine the light of God, you got to be seen. You've got to be visible to people in, in the darkness. The light which we shine, guess what? It's not, it's not to give us direction, but it's to be seen by others, that people would see the light of God in you and go, I want that. Psalm 40 says, I've told all of your people about your justice, O God. I have not been afraid to speak out, O God, as you well have known. Romans says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. There's something in us that when his light comes on the inside, boldness has got to come out, right? There's something about that we have got to be not ashamed of who it is we, who, who it is we serve and believe in and project that and shine that all around. Don't be ashamed of declaring a faith when given the opportunity, right? When opportunities provide themselves, be wise with your timing, but maybe it's time for some of us to stop being undercover brothers, you know? <laughs> Like, I'm a believer, but I'm a seeker one, you know. I'm, I'm just going to sneak out and jump out at the last minute or something like that, you know. Jesus doesn't want us to be undercover brothers. He wants us to shine boldly and proudly of who he is, whatever that looks like for you, man. It may not be, hey, have you ever thought about the Christian way of life? It, and maybe just share and love with a neighbor or a friend, you know. Number two, not only do we need to be, be visible, but we've also got to be fully charged, be fully charged. Caroline and I, again, before we, were, uh, we had children, we holidayed once in the Coromandel. It's the only time we've been there. But, and there, there was a mine, I can't remember where it was, but there was a, a mine that had been kind of tunneled into the side of a hill and it went right through one side and went out the other side, about a kilometer through that. And, and when you walked in while there was still light, you could see cave wetters kind of climbing on the roof and the, telling you the tunnel was small. You couldn't have walked more than one kind of person wide and there was like a plank of wood or something going and you had to stay on that thing. And, and we went in with our torches on and about halfway through the torches went dead and it was pitch black and we could just see the light at the end of this tunnel to help us get through. We walked the rest of the way in complete darkness. We just kept on stepping on this thin plank and not, not into the mud, but, you know, how much easier was it to walk in the dark when we had the light? We've got to, got to make sure we're fully charged up. 
We're fully ready to tackle, tackle our weeks, tackle our world. Someone once said this, the unending struggle for the Christian is to walk in the light at the same time as you keep moving in the shadows. The unending struggle for the Christian is to walk in the light and at the same time keep moving in the shadows. The solution for that is to carry a well-charged torch. Be filled up. Don't be a Christian running on flat batteries. Be fully charged. Come on. Come on, guys. Spend time with God in prayer, fellowship, hanging out. Get into His Word daily. Come, come to church. Connect with other believers. Get your torches lit up and fired up for, for God. Connect to the power source and be illuminated. Illuminated. Come on, that rolls off my tongue. Number three, be attractive. Visible, be fully charged, and be attractive. Be attractive. <laughs> this is a real important one. <laughs> you know, it's funny how moths are attracted to light. You ever notice that? You're in the dark, turn on the light. <laughs> they suddenly come in and they'll jump in front of your car headlights. They'll jump into the campfire, right? Like kamikaze insects, how they, how they kind of do that. I, I learned I learned recently that, that insects that do that that are attracted to the light are, are, are called it's called phototaxis. Any scientists here this morning? I hope I've got that right, but it's 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 this automatic attraction, phototaxis to or, or from the light. Like cockroaches, for example. Anyone love cockroaches? I know you don't. Uh, they are an example of a negatively phototactic insect. They hate the light. They scamper when you turn on the kitchen light and they run under the fridge. That's where they live, people. Anyway, but moths, moths, let's move on quickly. Moths are positively phototactic. And listen, when you look at Jesus, when you, when you study the life of Jesus, people were drawn to Jesus. They were attracted to him like moths to a flame, like moths to a light bulb. They thronged around him. They pressed around him from all sides. The, the, the disciples, you know, fishermen, tax collectors, Jesus only said to them, hey, follow me. Let's do something cool. They dropped what they were doing. Such was the attraction to him and followed him. Do you attract or repel people? Are you positively or negatively phototactic? Because I believe the light of Christ in you should actually attract people to you. Not, not to you, but to Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you know what, I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are people drawn to your light? If you are effectively shining Jesus, people will be drawn to you. All that to say, please, don't be a weird Christian. Right? Don't be a weird Christian. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to fill in the blanks. But be someone who goes, man, there's something about that person. I want to know more. There's something about them. There's something about what you carry that I've got to know more about. There's something about the love that you have for me, the care that you have for me. There's something about you're just not living for yourself. You're not selfish. and There's something about that's attractive. You're not always talking about yourself, but you're asking me, how am I doing? What's going on in my world? Right? Be attractive to people around you. Come on. All right. I'm going to begin to wrap this up. Genesis chapter 1. The book of Genesis. Thanks, worship team. In the beginning, it says, Genesis 1, verse 1, let's end in the very beginning. It's confusing. It says in Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness, everyone say darkness, 
and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I'm just going to read that out to you again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3 of Genesis 1 says, Then God said, Let there be light. Let there be light. If you could just start playing, that'd be awesome. Let there, oh, there it is. Nice and quiet. Let there be light. Let there be light. And guess what? It says, There was light. And God saw the light and he saw that it was good. Let there be light. I was thinking about this kind of random, maybe disconnected passage here, but I'm thinking about this passage this morning. It's actually still applicable today in the context that it was written as our creation account. You see, the Spirit of God is still hovering over the earth today. If you just have that quiet, thanks to the music, cheers, Rob. The Spirit of God is still hovering over the earth and He's looking at the darkness covering the earth. He's looking at darkness over the face of the deep. He's seeing the mess of people's lives. He's seeing all of the hurt and the pain of the, of the things that we're doing to ourselves and the things that we're doing to others. He's seeing all the hurt and He's seeing all of the suffering and all of the problems and all of the dysfunctions and all of the mess that we are making of our lives. He's seeing the brokenhearted and the messed up He's seeing the lost people who are wandering, looking for hope and purpose in the wrong things. He's seeing the pursuit of pointless things, this fixation that we we have with temporary trappings of life. And he's just like he did in the beginning, in the very beginning of time. He's saying, come on, let there be light. Let Who will turn on the light? Will somebody turn on the light? And I want to suggest to you this morning that it's you. It's you. Let your light shine before all men. Would we, would we stand up this morning just as we close? Let your light shine. Would you be light shiners? Would you turn on the light in dark places wherever He takes you? Wherever He places you in your workplace, in your family home, with your family members, in your marriage, in your high school, college, Would you be ones who would turn on the light, the light of Christ? Why don't we just bow our heads for just a moment. I just want to pray. And we're just going to sing to finish things off. God, I thank you that it's your light. I thank you that it's your light, not mine. And I can shine a little bit, but God, your light is powerful. Your light breaks through the darkness. And I thank you that there is no dark place that you cannot go and bring light bring hope and bring truth and bring joy to I thank you that you've chosen every one of us to be light carriers and I pray this morning just even in these moments as we kind of finish up this morning that not only would we be reminded as we go into our week about the light, whose light it is we carry Not only would we be reminded of the power of that light on the inside of us, but God, you'd cause something of us to really understand this, to really get a hold of this, that, man, I I am an effective light shiner. There is something in me 
change the darkness. I pray for every person. I feel like there's a there's a couple of people, actually there's two things, there's a couple of people here who really feel called to go into dark places. And sometimes you're a little worried, you know, man, I don't know if I should be hanging around this kind of place. Listen, it's okay, trust the light inside of you. I feel like the Lord wants me to tell trust the light inside of you. Trust the light inside of you to shine brightly in those places. Just mean you do all the stuff that happens in dark. You be the light. You be the you be the antidote, the answer. And there's someone here this morning or maybe listening online and you're struggling with darkness. In fact, this is kind of strange, but I just feel like there's someone here. I know this is kind of taking things really literally. There's someone here, an adult, and I don't want you to show me your hand or anything like that, but you're, you're, you're suffering from night terrors. Like you, you actually have this, 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 like in the darkness, literally in the dark, you're suffering from, from bad dreams and things. And I just feel like God wants to shine his light on, on your mind. And this morning when we're all done, we're moving out of here, I'd love just to pray for you. And I believe God wants that to end tonight. If that's you, just come up, come up and see me if you. But I just I pray, God, that we would shine your light wildly and brightly this week as we go out of this place in Jesus' name. Just while you hit us. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. We'd love to see you on Sundays, 10 a.m., 101 Hardy Street.